You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Bonsoir to all my uh, friends out there that speak the French language. We, nothing to do with the Singapore or Japanese Grand Prix, but I just wanted to show off how multilingual I am. Was you impressed by that? Well, I am, um, how do you say enchanted? Oh, yeah, enchanté. We, oh, Daniel we, Ricardo, enchanté, enchanté. Hello, sorry, <laughs> this is the Engine Breaking <laughs> Podcast. Uh, I'm Dan, aka Engine Mode 11. With me is my glamorous American assistant, Brake, aka Blake. And uh, yeah, we are two people that stole a living as F1 engineers for a while. And then we thought we'd make this really uh, shit tier podcast. So thanks for joining us. New listeners, yeah. old listeners. My cat also, Barry, has just talked. And if you're listening on audio, you can't see that my gorgeous cat, Barry, also agrees that this podcast is washed. But here we are. Uh, after a little hiatus last week, we had some... Uh, I disappeared for a week and uh, Dan just said, you know what? forget you guys i was uh, in glacier national park for my dad's birthday and that is actually an amazing part of the world i would love to go back there if you haven't been send it yeah so obviously i was supposed to do a podcast last week with uh spanners as a stand-in for you while you was on holiday uh however in true fraudulent fashion uh, i forgot to check i had all the audio files the podcast before you went on holiday and then i just messaged you at like an hour before i was going to record saying uh, Blake, I don't suppose all of our audio files are on the cloud, are they? And you were like, mm, no, and that was that. Yeah, that's that's not particularly professional of me or us. But anyway, yeah. anyway, <laughs> we're going to get Spanners back on. He's going to come back on. We're going to we're going to arrange something. So don't, should we don't do something? Panic. Should we do it next week? I'm gone this, and I'll elaborate more about why I'm gone this weekend. But uh, maybe like a, a midweek next week, a Qatar preview. Yeah, we haven't done a preview episode in a while. Yes, sorry, I was doing a very British thing there and sipping on a cup of tea. Um, yes, well, I will try and get that sorted out. <laughs> All right, let's figure that one off for yet another week. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But if you're if you're new to the podcast or if you're a frequent listener and you want to know what are you guys going to talk about today, well, we're gonna there's a little bit happening in the news in the world of Formula One. We're gonna do a quick Singapore recap, and obviously, obviously the the detailed the usual. Um, Japanese Grand Prix weekend review. Our race just passed, and then we'll get into Fraud Watch and the Engine Mode Good Boy Awards for this weekend. But with some very exciting Formula One news, and honestly, I'm looking through this, and most of this stuff, barring one example, is good for the sport. What we got? Yeah. So uh, let's hit that news. I don't have a flashy bumper for this, but just okay. pretend I do. Da -da -da, we need news. To, F1 news. We need to make one of those. Yeah. Yeah, can we just steal the BBC one? Is that will we get DMCA for that? Uh, I play. I pay my TV license. Fuck them. I'm entitled to use it. So, okay. uh, first news item: uh, Oscar Piastri is here to stay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, this is a news that McLaren has extended Oscar Piastri's contract through to the end of 2026. Uh, well deserved, I say. Uh, honestly, send it. I'm. He's he's one of the most exciting parts of the season, honestly, is Oscar Piastri in a now competitive McLaren. Long live McLaren, I say. 
yeah, long may they reign. Apparently, he was initially uh, contracted up until the end of 2024. Uh, I wonder if... I imagine it's based on his good performance, but I also wonder if they were perhaps tempted into giving him a longer contract because uh, perhaps somebody may have been sniffing around him, perhaps. Did you, did you see the memes of Christian on the podium leaning over? He's like, hey, hey, come drive a Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a seat? Do you want a seat? And uh, yeah, but that means he's going to be there a year longer because Lando Norris's contract expires at the end of 2025. So Oof. Oof. we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But yeah, I think uh, a very strong pairing. Something to keep an eye on next year. It's good. It's super good. Um, More, well... I don't know. It depends on your point of view, but this next point may be good news for everybody, or maybe not. Yeah. So speaking of driver contracts, uh, Alpha Tauri, they decided to announce Daniel and Yuki for 2024, uh, both getting one-year contract extensions. Uh, here's where it gets spicy, because apparently Red Bull were not exactly keen to renew Yuki's deal. Uh, but in the background, Honda were a little bit like, no, you're going to take Yuki. <laughs> yeah but like it's it's we come back to this again right and here two points a one-year contract deal that's not like it like projects confidence in said mm. decision that's that's like um when you're i don't know like dating around and you got a couple couple on speed dial at a time you know a one-year contract in f1 terms that's not a whole lot of um yeah, uh, that's basically playing the field, that one. It is, but this I, I think we spoke about this numerous times, and I'm going to keep talking to some blue in the face about it, but I'm convinced Yuki's just going to go to Aston Martin when they get their Honda deal, which I think is due Ooh. for 2025, I think. So it would make sense. And Wait, they, pre-26, they'll be running Honda. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. Really? I've said it. Oh, yeah, I've said it, so it's going to be fact. I don't. Okay, fine. If I'm wrong, don't okay. correct me. Yeah, exactly. We'll just bury it under the rug like all the other stuff we say yeah, wrong yeah, on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> and, uh, Danny Rick, I think I, I understand putting him on a one year only because I don't, I'm, I'm so perplexed with this whole Danny Rick situation. What, what is the end goal for having Danny Rick in this team? Especially when you've got Lawson on the side who's mm. putting as good performance as he has. And you go, mm, no, actually, we'll keep Danny Rick. I don't know. I think it's it's got to be something else that wouldn't make sense if you're just looking at it from a sporting aspect. Are you I think trying that's... to suggest the Netflix money and the merchandise sales? I'm, I'm trying to say that Daniel is not only a strong driver, but he's got lots of other very marketable assets that make it very interesting. And I know I, I hate to spoil it for everybody listening to this. And you think Formula One is a sport? Uh, Formula One is first an entertainment show. It's it's hardly a sport. It's a sport, but not, not you know? Yeah, okay. Uh, chat is telling me that Honda is 2026 for Aston. I told you, don't correct me. Chat, and if, yeah. you're listening some, if you're listening to this on audio, you'll, you'll shortly realize that we do these recordings live over on YouTube. And we don't, we don't read your comments too much. Actually, I'm reading the entire time. That's why I'm so ADHD during these podcasts. But uh, yeah. Definitely don't come over to YouTube on Engine Breaking and come hang out when we record these pretty much every Monday at 7 p.m. UK time. That's it. Yeah, That's it. Oh, the ad. Not ad. Uh, it's okay. We can advertise ourselves. That's fine. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Liam Lawson sits out for another year uh, as a test and reserve driver for AlphaTauri and Red Bull. 
Uh, apparently, he's got a promise, though, of a 2025 seat. Uh, okay, let's talk about that. The Liam situation. Liam, so far on his debut uh, in F1, been outstanding. His initial trial was probably one of the most chaotic weekends you could have had as a, as a, a rookie driver coming in at very late notice after Daniel boshes his hand up in uh, Zanfort. You get a couple sessions and all you've got to do is keep it out of the walls. And honestly, we've got a couple of very seasoned drivers struggling to keep from terrorizing people and crash shit out. And Lawson's done an awesome job. And I will say that Sonoda also. It's hard to make a statement in the Alpha Tauri. Uh, it's just it's, yeah. it's one of the it's one of the worst cars on the grid right now. That's not shade that is literally an objective fact in terms of performance they've brought nothing to it all season it's really hard to be impressive in that car yeah, yeah. so i it's a, it's a tough situation um yeah we'll, we'll come back to this next point but anyway yeah. <laughs> hey let's let's lead into the next one Let, let's a more if there wasn't a more powerful duo other than break and engine mode 11 it's the fia and inconsistent and absolutely wacky stewarding decisions yeah what's what is going on right so we we all know this right singapore uh max gets called up three times right or whatever and he gets away with all three of them or whatever and logan Sargent <laughs> as well he got away with something as well i mean <laughs> It was a fucking shit show. Twitter was a fucking shit show. Anyway, the FIA turned around and they said, actually, you know what? Mistakes were made in the Singapore <laughs> stewarding. Reprimand. But like, he gets away with impeding and qualifying for like, literally, if you replace the names and then give them a penalty, that was like what happened to what Leclerc a couple of races ago. It's like the exact same shit. It's like, yeah, your team didn't tell you because they missed it. It happens. That's like race engineering and managing traffic and qualifying sessions is fucking hard work. And mistakes were made by by Max and, and Red Bull. I guarantee you they were Red Bull were also shocked by that outcome. Yeah, you think they think they came out <laughs> there thinking, I don't know how we got away with that, boys, but Yes. They're they're sitting there in the in the engineering office, probably like, yeah, so uh Setup change for Sunday? What are you thinking? We're going to the back. We're definitely at the back of the grid. And they're like, no, you've been so fucking slow this weekend in Singapore that uh, we're just uh, not going to slap yeah. you anymore. That, that's punishment enough. Oh, oh my God. Dear. So yeah. There was, there was also another aspect to that, though, is apparently the FIA in true fraudulent fashion didn't even notify Alpha Tauri via their WhatsApp group for stewarding and, and race direction. They didn't even message them. They completely forgot about it. I was like, you guys are literally fueling the flames of, of uh, disrepute among the sport. Like, you guys are bringing the sport. Is there a penalty? For, can, you, can we penalize the FIA for bringing the sport into disre disrepute? You want, like, a people's, people's revolution? Yeah. Mm, maybe, yeah, we should fucking... Why don't we be the FIA? The people's yeah. FIA. Yeah. You know, what? I'm changing my fraud watch for Singapore, by the way. Okay. I wonder what it will be. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, they're basically Max and Logan avoided grid drops for impeding in qualifying. FIA admitted that they probably should have got grid drops. Uh, but then Lewis Hamilton made an interesting comment. He said, look, why don't we let AI give this a go? And I know you feel quite strongly about this. So take it away. <laughs> I, 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 here's, here's my thoughts on this. There's, there's, 
there's let's do this the easy way and the hard way. The hard way um, is implement AI. The easy way is to get good stewards. The hard way is also to get good stewards. But literally, you do not need AI to consistently police these rules. You just need some people with some common fucking sense that aren't ready to get out of the circuit at 2 a.m. as soon as they can so they can go to the fucking four floors of whores and orchard towers. Fuck's sake. I'm uh, sorry. A big, a I'm big, sorry. A big toot toot to anyone that knows what their establishments are. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The stewards were definitely trying to get out to four floors on uh, after qualifying for sure, for sure. Anyway, oh, please God, now towers, orchard towers. Wow, <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, uh, good, good lobster in the restaurant downstairs. I know that much. Yeah, I never frequent. I never frequented the other floors. But anyway, no. Yeah. So yeah, in the AI, like I, I'm not opposed to using AI for this, right? But these decisions, you need there's always an element of like intent or emotion behind it, and you can't yeah. AI can't determine that. You could show it two identical instances. One of them might be a genuine sort of accident, and the other one might be someone turning in on it. How is how is the AI going to differentiate that? I don't know. It's, it's, I just don't think it can do it. Well, I think I think what Lewis was suggesting was was even simpler. It's like literally use AI to interpret the wording of the rules, and I'm like, that can't make any sense because the stewards can't be that. They're bad. I Gunther, go back to Gunther Steiner's comment a couple of weeks ago. You need professional stewards that are paid, not volunteers, and not just irrelevant old drivers. Yeah, but then didn't he have to come out and give an apology for making that for bringing it into disrepute? Yeah, the, dude, the FIA need, are bringing the sport into disrepute. It's their fault half of this shit's happening and everybody's talking so much trash about it. End of. Yep. So in, you know, in case we get summoned by the FIA for bringing it into disrepute with his podcast, uh, you can go <laughs> fuck yourselves. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But we're not, anyway. We're not getting an invite out there anytime soon. Nah, it's not happening, but we're good. We're good. Um... I like the well, idea of using AI to police track limits, though. All they need to do is put... I mean, we it's talked like about this before, line dude. technology and all that stuff they got in football. Football, not soccer, right? right. It's football. Football. Bedford Aerodrome, a.k.a. the Bedford Bedford Ring. Um, oh, yes. The Palmer Pol- Motorsport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, got, they've got 30-year-old F4 cars with fucking track limit sensors in them. And if you're doing your hot laps with your scrubbed, rotten-ass old tires setting a lap out there... Um, it lets you know when you go off track because there's sensors in the fucking floor. They've already got timing loops on the track. They cut some little grooves across them. They put loops. Matt Amos has done a great video on it. Same technology, similar. Track limits policing. It's like, come on. It's fucking Formula One, not... Anyway, I'm I'm mad. Yeah, you're right. You, you need a cup of tea. You seem no. pretty vexed out today. No, I'm all right. I'm all right. I need pizza, though. Okay. Well, we'll try and make this not a two-hour episode. We're going to make it a two-hour episode. Hour 15 is our target today, chat. Fuck off. We're never hitting that. All right, let's rip through it. So anyway, uh, blah, 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 and we're done. No. Um, FIA have... um, Is it FIA or FOM? FIA. Yeah, yeah. This one's all you, baby, because this is your neck of the woods. Well, the FIA have apparently are set to approve Andretti Cadillac because they have rejected several other entrants and told them you guys aren't getting an entry um so as as dan put in the notes as well that means that 
the decision moves on to F1 and Dominicali to, you know, the commercial side, the, the, the regulatory side has said, yes, this team meets all the criteria, blah, blah, blah. But Stefano's not too keen on new teams, is he? No, he's, I don't know. I think he's, uh, was it the official line was he's worried about the dilution of the sport or whatever, or if a team team doesn't come in and, and bring value. But Jesus Christ, Andretti Cadillac, like that's gotta be sounds a good. that's gotta be a win, right? Come that on. Sounds good. And here's here's the other thing, and I think I believe one of the hinging factors why Andretti Cadillac was selected um was because I I, I haven't confirmed this, but I do believe that Cadillac intends to produce engines a year after they enter. So I think they're going to get started with the, um, the best engines on the grid. Uh, bonjour. Um, and then they're going to switch over to Cadillacs. But I, I'm not going to say too much, but I'm fairly certain one of the outfits that got turned down was extremely advanced in terms of tools, people, resources, and development. And I wouldn't be surprised that Andretti might be like, hey, uh, can we buy some of your IP because you guys are like a year and a half or more ahead of us, yeah. even though we've got Cadillac backing us? But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to venture a guess, and you don't have to confirm or deny, but I'm going to say that's high tech because the F2 team tried to put an entry in. I know that much. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm. but anyway, hey, look, listen. If if you know if you are one of the teams that was rejected, good news. You can go out and buy your own race series. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, the W series, if we all remember that. Uh, it's formally been put up for sale by its administrators. Uh, but you've got to be quick, though, because the bid deadline is by October 12th this year. Uh, and for your money, you get all the branding, intellectual property, and 20 of the race cars and their offices. Where are the offices? I don't actually know. Are they in some shit all because I don't want them otherwise? Uh, probably. I'm actually sat in it now. You know? <laughs> uh, oh. I have bought the W series, ladies and gentlemen. But but also, not only do you get all the stuff, you, the FIA would wave their magic wand and let you restart the series if you wanted to. Yeah, which seems uh, a bit defunct and dead on arrival because they've just launched F1 Academy. Speaking of that, have you heard anything about F1 Academy since everybody was like, great? This is a great initiative to get young women in, you know, competitive race cars in a Formula Four car as a stepping stone into F3, F2, and so on. I haven't heard a single word about it. I don't know if the calendar's like not racing right now. I don't know anything about it. It's they didn't broadcast any of them on TV. Uh, they were just like these recaps on YouTube, and I was just like, uh, I tell okay. you where you can see him again. And again, chat will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're racing again in America in. Um... Cota. I'm pretty sure they've got us round at Cota they, this year. Are they going to be there? Pretty sure they are, yeah. Okay. And then uh, next F1... year, it's moving to F1 TV. Okay, that's good. Well, hopefully that gets a little bit more momentum. Um, I think yeah. I know a couple people Chat that engineer confirms. in that series. Maybe I will run into them at Austin. I will do my best. I will I will work on something. It's I know season, at least... Season finale at Cota, Chat confirms. So yeah, they'll be there. During the F1 Grand Prix? Yeah, yeah, support. Okay. Anyway... So there you go. Rock and roll. I, you, I, I, was, I will definitely see if I can find uh, someone to speak to. I know I know at least one engineer that works in the series, and I haven't talked to her in a while, but I will definitely reach out. But 
in other news, Dan, you were you checked out some race cars this weekend. You were at the did, British yeah. Touring Car. How was it? It was all right, you know. It weren't too bad. It was Silverstone in September, so of course it rained. Um, yeah, classic. I, I like so BTCCs, British Touring Cars, right? And it was uh, for those that don't know, it's it's tin tops, right? And it in was it. it was a big. It was a lot bigger over here in the 90s, I think. It sort of peaked in the sort of 90s, early 2000s, and then it sort of went on a bit of a slow decline. I'd never seen it live, so I thought, you know what, why not? And a, a friend offered me a ticket, which I think... Oh, hell yeah. I think it was only like £22 or something anyway. Um, but for that money, you can go uh, into the paddock, you can go right up to the garages, you can walk around the support area, you can rove in grandstands. It's mental for £22, the amount of access you get, and free parking as well, which at Silverstone is a rarity. Now called, now that's what we call access. Yeah, it is. For £22, on the day that I looked at Silverstone tickets for F1, and they were like £500, and that's before you pay for parking <laughs> and all that. And I'm just like, fuck that. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, speak- yeah. speaking of free, the Spa ELMS race this weekend at Spa Frankenstein's was free. Free entry. Yeah. Yes, so, I mean, yeah, I heard about there's, that. there's some really good race cars out there, but that sounds fun. I am uh, actually going, I think I'm going, I'm, I'm waiting on confirmation, but I might be out in Barcelona at the GT World Challenge this weekend. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm still waiting on some confirmation, but I might be out there making some cool content. Uh, and I will do a toilet review update in the paddock because I will have paddock access at least one day. Uh, so we'll update our Barcelona paddock. I, like last, uh, when they upgraded them in 2018, I think they were nice. So I'll, I'll, I'll give them. Would you like? <laughs> would you like a Silverstone toilet review? Yeah, go on. Uh, cold, not not too clean. But were there toilet clean. seats on the shitters? Mm, I don't specifically remember because I didn't. Because if you think I'm going to a track and taking a shit trackside, there's something very wrong with you. That's, <laughs> nobody, nobody shits trackside. Nobody should, right? Unless it's in a medical emergency. Uh, but no, so it, they're all right, you know. They're all right. Okay. 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 Fine. I give them. I'll, you guys- I'll give them five toilet rolls out of ten. Okay. Okay. Because Barcelona previously was a, a two rolls out of ten. Um, they didn't even have toilet seats on most of the uh, sit-down units. So uh. No, the, the Barcelona toilets in the paddock and all that area were so bad that every time I used them, I had like an existential crisis where I thought my plane crashed on the way to Barcelona and this was hell. Yeah. No, dude. Don't, don't, well, they've changed now. I've not used them since they've upgraded yet. But, but yeah, no, nobody used the circuit fucking toilets. Okay. My God. Okay, fair enough. I've used them several times, unfortunately, especially in testing. Testing's long days, but uh, oh, I made the fucking mistake, right? And again, people watching this live will laugh at this, but I'll have you know, once upon a time, I used to actually be relatively into my fitness, and I jogged around the Barcelona circuit during testing once, and I thought it's got a bit of elevation in it, man. Jesus Christ, has it? Yeah, if you want to really get to know a circuit, run around it. Um, but yeah, I thought, oh, it's all right, no worries. Afterwards, I'll have a shower in the toilets, mate. Yeah, I'm. I've probably. I'm pretty sure I caught diseases. several venereal diseases after that incident. <laughs> That's gross. That's anyway, gross. thank you for tuning in to Toilet Talk. Yeah, so uh, another thing, before we we'll get, we'll quickly, we'll rattle through Singapore in literally two minutes. Um, I'm also, I've got an opportunity to go to the US Grand Prix in Austin, which I just mentioned. I will be out there. 
I can't really say what exactly I'm doing because I don't really know, but I will be doing a mix of stuff outside the circuit, stuff at the circuit. Uh, I don't think I'll be in the paddock. Fingers crossed. Maybe happens. But I'm thinking uh, there's some people are going to let me loose on some cool F1 content while I'm out there. But I'm thinking if anybody's out there and you want to meet up, we'll find something in a circuit, maybe a Friday afternoon or something, depending on what I'm doing. But it would be awesome to have run into a bunch of you. A bunch of people said hi last year. And I was like, I was like, I'm just trying to be anonymous. I don't like people knowing who I am. But um, you guys have all been really nice. So it'd be awesome to run into some of you. But we'll figure that out. So. The timer. Can we do Singapore in 60 seconds? No. All right, go. Uh, Red Bull, absolutely shocking off the pace. People are saying it's the technical directives. They absolutely fucked them. Uh, please refer to uh, Japanese Grand Prix results. Um, also, flexi front wings will not impact a low-speed circuit that much. Stroll takes a stroll for Sunday. He absolutely <laughs> bend it. The car was fucked, and he wasn't feeling too good. Um, Charles' car decided to fall apart towards the end of the race, and he just kind of like petered off into P nowhere. Um, that was after the team sacrificed him. In yeah, oh yeah, the double the the double stomp, and he gets bozoed. That Chow see send you into the fucking despair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Red Bull tried to go long on the hard in their first stint, and it really didn't work out because there was a safety car early that gave everybody else a free stop, and then they stopped again just before the virtual safety car or the safety car at the end of the race. So it's like unlucky. They were the only team to do a pit stop in regular racing conditions. That is a great stat. And that is a good way to lose a shitload of time. Um, Mercedes did a double push for the end and both uh, realistically, Hamilton was so much faster than Russell in that final stint. And uh, they were wheel banging until <laughs> Russell went for the gap in the Singapore sign on the wall. Yep. W. Oh, Un unlucky, mate. That sucked. Uh, Checo also decides to ruin um, Albon's race, which is really unfortunate. It, but it's okay because he learned from it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That was almost a minute. Not too bad. Uh, yeah. yeah trust Max, me, just as Max's uh, streak came to an end, which is the real reason why we didn't do an episode, is because we couldn't bring ourselves to admit it. Yeah. But let's talk about Japan, the Japanese Grand Prix yep. uh, practice. Talk to me. New tires, no sidewall markings. So if you saw some random black tires with no Pirelli markings, that was the development C2. Yeah, Oof. baby. The new prototype C2 tires are out in FP1. Uh, every team got given two sets, and the idea was to basically make a tire better situated between the new C1 for this season and the C3. Uh, Verstappen ran it at high fuel in practice to have a look at it. Now, here's the funny one, or not the funny one, here's the strange thing. Pirelli actually gave out a statement on its performance afterwards, uh, and they said, from the initial feedback, it seems it's not delivering the potential for improvement in terms of the grip we wanted to achieve. And what's funny about that is that I do not recall Pirelli ever coming out and giving public feedback about their prototype tyres before. I was just like, oh, okay. Right, I think what you meant to say is I don't remember Pirelli ever giving honest feedback about their tires ever. Yeah, let alone to, to, like, to the public, to the teams as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they don't hide the data in lap times, so the teams can see it, and it's like, interesting. But um, practice was pretty straightforward. Yeah, but, um, a, lot of, a lot of people sort of, uh, I think, is it turn nine, the Degna curve, where you come out yeah. and you sort of, Everyone was doing their best Tony Hawk's pro skater impersonation and grinding the car down the curb, yeah. Dude, that is so aggressive. That corner. 
before we get into a little word from our friends at Nord, uh, those guys are awesome, by the way. It's just like Suzuka is such an amazing circuit. It's my favorite circuit on the calendar. It's got literally everything. It's dramatic. Um, it's it's not so great in Formula One when it's wet, but man, it's just such a cool track. The Japanese fans are amazing. The circuit is great. The facilities are super. They've got heated toilets. Suzuka gets 10 out of 10 toilet rolls. <laughs> they have heated Toto Washlet toilets in the paddock. So when it's cold and raining, you go sit down and warm your little bum. Yeah. I love it. What more do you need? But yeah, no, the Japanese fans are dedicated because it doesn't matter who you are, they'll cheer you. Like you could be out in front of the garage washing tires after a run and there'll be like 50 people watching you just cheering you on. They are, they treat everyone like a celebrity. It's, it's mental. I love it. I love it. So before we get to qualifying, why don't we have a little uh, quick word from our friends at NordVPN? Sure. Why not? Let's do that. Yes. It's that time again for a word from our sponsors, NordVPN. You know them by now. It's a product that me and Blake have used long before this podcast was even a thing. And we are very thankful for their ongoing support to the podcast and for you listeners. If you're tired of being geo-blocked on Netflix and uh, things like that, then you need yourself NordVPN and you can get yourself an exclusive discount off your plan and four months for free. All you've got to do is go to nordvpn.com slash engine. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you doing Come on, they've been with us for nearly a year now. If you haven't got it by now, what are you waiting for? So that's nordvpn.com slash engine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you remember how everyone was moaning about F1 TV now being blocking VPN providers? That's all I'm saying. NordVPN, that's it. A big toot toot. NordVPN. Uh, you can watch... F1 with all the onboards the way it's meant to be done from anywhere. Thank fuck. Um, qualifying Q1. Yeah. Um, Logan decides to uh, do what... Uh, actually, I was going to say what he does best, but I feel that's a bit harsh on him. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's... He said it... I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, he fully committed to leaving the final ah, corner, though. Yes. Yeah. Was, yeah. The he was cracked. Commit. Just like Lance did in Singapore the other week, Logan fully committed to yeeting himself into the wall. Yeah. He should commit. I'll take that one. Mike Crack um, also said that you can tell Logan's committed by the way he kept it lit. And that sucks, man. <laughs> like, the Williams is probably, I think Albon's driving the shit out of that car, and Logan's having a very tough rookie season. And uh, yeah, I, I don't like to see it. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because he's likable. He's he very likable. And uh, I try to give every rookie a year to, to prove themselves. And I didn't give Nick DeVries that honor because I don't class him as a rookie because he did all that Formula E stuff and things like that. But yeah, I don't know, Logan. I just. I need to see more out of him, is what I'll say. Mm. Yeah, uh, Q2, our, our boy Liam, just on the outside in P11. Yuki gets into Q3. Oof. Go on, lad. Um, who'd we lose? Magnuson, Ocon, Albon, unfortunately. Uh, Gasly and Lawson. The, the, I said it earlier in my, my analysis on the weekend on qualifying, or on practice, that, that uh, Williams could do well, but they're absolutely shocking in sector one. 
they've got the straight line speed to make up for some of that time, but they, they're really going to have to qualify well. And unfortunately, uh, P20 out and then Albon and P13, not really particularly viable for Suzuka. No, they were, they were not cooking this weekend. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Uh, but I'll tell you who was cooking this weekend. Uh, the the Max, FIA? Well, yes. No. Uh, Max Verstappen was cooking this weekend. Uh, he took Singapore very personally. And uh, he smashed it in Q3. Yeah. Was it 0.58 or something? Yeah. Pretty. He's done a, some pretty big, and percentage-wise, he's done some pretty big margins earlier in the season. But, uh, yeah, McLaren, 2-3. Piastri, Norris, outstanding. Um, and that was also, um, spoiler alert, that's our podium as well. Uh, interesting, though, a little bit of performance like breakdown because I, I did a whole mile. Actually, if you're interested, buymeacoffee.com front slash break. Go over to the post section. If you scroll down, the qualifying report is uh, free to everyone. The qualifying or the FP2 report, one of them is, is free to everybody. Report, you tell me. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long week, but if you want a more geeky F1 data and you hear me talk about it, like I'm not sure I want to subscribe to that. Go check it out. Um, Verstappen was untouchable in the S's and in turn eight. So Degner won the fast, the first right-hander, untouchable, huge commitment, confidence in car placement. Looking at the data, I'm going to say this, Perez looked like he was driving a different car in sector one in the S's, but the rest of the lap in and the spoon curves, the fast left-handers, he looked really similar. Uh, and then Perez also le left quite a bit of time on the table in the final chicane, which was very odd. Um, if Perez was lacking downforce, there's no way he would have matched them in turn eight, nine and turn 13, 14. He just doesn't look that comfortable in sector one. Between the McLarens, if you combined Piastri and Norris's best laps, they maybe were 0.2 closer to Verstappen. So, you know, there's still three to four tenths off of pole max in that car insane yeah well, I mean, where they started at the start of the year that's if you'd have told them they would be qualifying p2 and p3 on merit in japan i think they would have bitten your hand off yeah i don't know i, I think i i didn't really think that um mclaren would be like a do you remember like suzuka is kind of like a spa type thing where you need you've got this compromise because you need downforce and you need straight line power or straight line performance Spa, they, they didn't have the the Monza or the lower efficiency rear wing, and they got absolutely hosed. I don't think they're running super super low here, but you just have to have that right that good balance between efficiency, um, and their they, their performance was outstanding. Um, the Mercedes looked pretty slow in a straight line, especially DRS. They looked dog water, but um, yeah, Ferrari lost a bit in turn two, which is the first proper corner turn one's flat in Suzuka. That's so spicy. I love it. But um, <laughs> it's interesting because let's talk about the run plan quickly. I, I've wrote a lot of notes about it. I'm going to skip over it. Basically, most people only had three new softs for qualifying. And Ferrari were playing with fire. They went super late in Q1 after Sargent crashed, which was like, oof. Okay, you know, if you get another red flag there, you, you get knocked out in Q3 and then you're, or Q1 and you're screwed. Um. Mini drivers, Max got through Q2 on a used soft so that he was the only driver that had two new softs for Q3. Ferrari only had one set of new softs at the end of Q3, and they didn't opt to run a scrub set, which is interesting because people run scrub sets earlier in the session to get a feel for what the wind's doing, what the track feels like, knowing that the tire's lost 
you know, two or three tenths from its best. You just get a feel for it. Um, but Ferrari drivers didn't want to run the scrub set to get confused by the grip levels. So what they did was they went into Q3 and guessed at the conditions and grip level and qualified not particularly fantastically fourth uh, and sixth for Leclerc and Sainz respectively. Checo was, yeah, fair way off max as well, nearly a second, eight tenths or so. So not, yeah, not too stunning. No, no. So it was, at the end of it, uh, the results, uh, Logan didn't set a time, obviously, because of his shunt. Um, we, had, we had Joe, P19, uh, Hulkenberg, P18, Stroll, P17. P17 to Stroll, man. Ugh. Uh, Bottas, P16, Magnussen, P15, Ocon, P14, Alvin, P13, Gasly, P12, Lawson, P11. So close for Liam. Uh, on, Liam. P10 for Alonso. Yuki, P9, George, P8, Lewis, P7, Carlos, P6, Perez, P5, Charles, P4, Lando, P3, Gastry, P2, Gornsun, and Max uh, smashing it in P1. <laughs> Well, we've got after qualifying or during qualifying between the whole thing, we've got two stories about thirds. Williams with their magical third car. um, That was interesting. They got a little bit of a penalty. So they got sent to the, they had to start from the pit lane because they changed survival cell. But before the race even started, Sargent got himself a 10 second penalty. What's going on there? Right, so the, the FA has some strange, not, not not strange rules, right? But there there are lots of weird sort of technical rules you got to be aware of, right? We call them new nuances. 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 Thank you, thank you. And uh, basically, as soon as Williams saw that uh, Sergeant's car was in the wall and as damaged as it was, they basically said, "Right, let's just start building up the new car." Um, problem was, is they weren't allowed to do that until uh, Park Ferme was conditions were ended. And uh, because they started on it early, the FIA found out and they were like, mm, sorry, because you started it while it was uh, in Park Ferme conditions, we're going to have to rule that to be a third car. Was it, was it that or was it the fact that they had their spare chassis as it was, you know, usually the third chassis is in an air freight box or a truck at a European circuit built up. But either way, that just doesn't make any sense that you get penalized. So I understand that you can't have like a third car ready to go because that makes no sense. When they wanted, they basically made it, it has to be effectively a bare tub with no suspension, I think. And the fuel cell can be in it and some of the fuel system components that have to be installed. And in, I think, but it's basically you start with a bare tub and the, and the mechanics have to build that thing up overnight. And that's mental. And you know, there's all the curfews and everything else. So it was a, yeah. it's an absolute mad dash to 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 build a car, get all the sensors plugged in, plumb the engine, prime all the radiators, check the fuel. So that's a, that's a, any repairs like that are a mammoth task. And the, and uh, Big the mechanics in the series are not paid well enough to no. perform at that I, kind of level. I think they all wanted an early night. Um, so they they started <laughs> on it early, and then is there four floors in Japan? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not going there. But uh, yeah, pit lane start and a 10 second penalty before you're even rolling. But speaking of third cars, did you hear about Gasly's third leg? And did you see what the Alpine admin did? Oh, God. This is this, <laughs> is this, this deleted tweet that I saw. 
Yes. And he was making some reference to his nickname being Tripod or something. And I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So basically, there was a, a, you know, a, a caption. It says, I can feel something in the cockpit in between my feet. And the Alpine admin goes, Tripod Gasly trademark or TM, quoting that image of that thing. I'm like, wow. Are you, I mean, admin forgot that that was the Alpine account. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a personal account tweet that someone actually yeah. did in the company tweet. Yeah, I mean, it was it was bold. I mean, to be fair, when he said that, everybody had a little snicker, like, huh, huh. but um, Alpine admin said what everybody was thinking. Can't do that. You can't do that. No. Um, and that's why we're not allowed to run corporate accounts. You know what? There's actually, uh, um, this is, I don't know this person. I don't know who it is, but there is a, an account called Paddock Memes on Instagram. I don't know who it is, but that shit is really funny and really relevant. And it's definitely from somebody inside of the traveling circus. And I highly recommend it. Um, but oh, yeah. I've not heard that one. I have to check that out. It's good. It's really good. But um, yeah, let's talk about the Japanese Grand Prix. Let's we'll start with. Let's start, let's start with a little bit of strategy expectations. C123, um, second step from the hardest compounds, Japan's big high demand, bold circuit, lots of cornering, high speed, some traction. It's got everything. Did I tell you that I like Suzuka a lot, Dan? Uh, no, this is completely brand new information to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but long story short, it looked like it was going to be a two-stop focused on the medium hard. And once you saw what tires people had left after qualifying, it became very clear. Uh, Red Bull and Ferrari only had one new hard and two new mediums. Verstappen had three new mediums. Um, that didn't really feature. But Claren and Mercedes, however, uh, two new mediums and one new hard. Uh, and then a few of the slower cars um, from you know the top six or seven drivers back decided they wanted to start on the soft, including Alonso. Uh, spoiler alert, yeah. soft was not the start tire, man. Yeah, that seems a bit of a brave play to me. But it's just like one of those things, like degradation is super high around Suzuka. And I'm not, I'm not at any point saying that I'm more clever than these people running strategy on teams, these guys are not jokers, but it, it became very clear very quickly that that was not the play. And it's like, you know, if you had a very early, early, we did have, well, we had an instant safety car, not very many people boxed off it. They're like, not lap zero. But like if you had like a lap five safety car, that could have come in kind of clutch and you could bolt on, bolt a hard on uh, for a little bit, you know? <laughs> bolt a hard but, uh, on. But uh, yeah, uh, let's talk about the race though. What do we got? What are we thinking about the race start, man? That was... Yeah, classic, classic chaos. But it was, it was like we had a couple groups of sandwiches, like people trying to go three cars into two and like people outright. Uh, Perez got fully sandwiched there. Like I, I felt like he was kind of trying to keep it clean uh, and he gets sandwiched hard and gives um, Hamilton a little tag. Yeah, His car was okay. It, I watched it again this morning and, and I think at the time I was just like, oh, for God's sake, Perez. But then watching it back this morning, I was like, actually, I don't really, I think he was just a passenger in all that really. It wasn't really much else he could have done. Yeah, I that wasn't too crazy. Do you see Albon's car get airborne though? Once he went full wheel to wheels, like, yeah, oh. yeah, I saw him try to do a kickflip down the main straight. Yeah, yeah, he ate a Tony Hawk pro skater again. Is that our second skateboarding reference tonight? It is. Fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Perez. Um, right. So there's basically it goes. Some, I'm trying to recall the race properly. So there's a early safety car to clean up all the shit on the race start. Yeah. And then. Uh, what 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 happens, man? It's, it's a blur to me now, honestly. Uh, late, later on in the race. Um, so there's the, there's the restart. Yeah, Max. The, Max just he parks it. everybody. He parks everybody in the chicane, so they accordion up and back up, and just yeets it through the chicane. Um, and he's he's way ahead quickly, and it does a good job to break uh, DRS on everybody pretty quickly. They don't get a chance once they deploy that. Um, but then Perez has gets, the uh, yeah, he gets pinged for a five second penalty or an investigation because during the safety car, uh, he comes into the pit. Well. On the TV replay, he comes out of the pit, but he comes out at like basically full speed while everyone's still at like safety car speed. And it's just like, what? And well, it looks like is... he overtakes like four different cars. Yeah. And then you're just like, what the fuck's going on here? And then you sort of see him realize, oh, fuck this up here. I've gone into sort of default mode. Um, and then he lets people pass and then he gets like pinged for a penalty. And you think, well, and I think the F1 TV comment commentator said at the time, they were like, that's a bit harsh because he let well, as soon as he realized what he'd done, he'd let them all back past. Um, and, and the trick to the trick to that is you, you're not bound by the safety car delta in the pit lane, so the pit lane speed limiter was off at that point, and you're actually racing for position to the safety car line. And there's not a speed limit on track, you can't overtake on track, but it was he was like, you know what. I'm going to haul ass once the pit limiter's off and try to be as head of many, as many cars as possible at the safety car line and just give the positions back if I overshoot. Yes. But, but, but that, wasn't, that wasn't the problem, was no, it? No, this was not the issue. The issue was is that when he came into the pit entry, he just went full speed into the pit lane and then un, like, overtook Alonso. As I think it's Alonso, yeah. Pits. And I was just like, oh, well done. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, cheers, lad. Oh, but yeah. Um, and then uh, Sergeant what, goes bowling, knocks Bottas out. Uh, yeah, Sergeant turns into a Hellfire missile and uh, performs a drone strike on Bottas um, with a very ambitious maneuver. Yeah, and then uh, Paris, Paris what, racks up how many five-second penalties? Two? Three? Uh, by this point, I think, no, I think he's still only on the one at this point. Okay, so... The the other thing is Perez didn't somehow jacks up his car and gets himself another five second penalty after serving one of them. Um, no, yeah, I'm getting confused that was, now because was... yeah, he got the five second penalty for the safety car infringement. Yeah, he comes in, changes his front wing again. Yeah, after he's, getting he's, the five he's... second penalty from when he changed it the first time. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> Perez was. He was on one, but I mean, he's, he's, he's got a, a yeah, the, the, the safety car thing. I get it. You can't be doing that. I get it. The dive bomb on um, Magnuson. That was just like, it was so, so low percentage move. It was so bad. Uh, unfortunately, it's though, almost like but, a um, carbon copy of his move on Alvin in Singapore, the race before. Yeah. Just and like then, a I sort think, of Hail Mary from about four car lengths back and. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Uh, so there's a VSC after that, I believe. That that whole sequence of ding-donging and knocking shit around causes the VSC. Um, and then on the way in, Norris ends up losing like 10 seconds coming up behind Paris, who's like going slow because he thinks his car's fucked. And Norris is like, what do I do? And he just eventually just zooms drives him. But yeah, he loses 10 seconds. Piastri um, was one of the few drivers to stop during that VSC period, I think. Yeah, I think he entered the pit lane, and just as he sort of entered the pit lane, the VSC was called, and it was just like oh, time to perfection. But it was it was only like a it was only like a partial VSC. It didn't even last a full lap, so it's one of those. It's like just it's just perfectly timing, but it didn't really help out Piastri's race uh, at all, at all. I like I especially liked around the, the Alonso's first stop, his uh, getting thrown to the lions comment. It's like yeah. He started on the soft and he gets ends up pitting around all the shit fight cars. He just doesn't have a chance, honestly. Yeah, and around this time, uh, we got our first sort of Lewis, George and Lewis having a ding dong. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was here for it. I love that spice between the drivers. But the classic line, uh, uh, he's like, "Who are we fighting ourselves or the others?" But so at this point, let's put it in context. They they are both on the same strategy, and Russell's getting a little bit feisty. He's like, "I'm coming through," but uh, he outside of outside of Hamilton at Spoon, uh, turn thirteen, and uh, Hamilton just runs him off the track. Or he's, he defends very hard. Um, yeah, I said uh, Lewis reminds George who won seven championships. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't quite Brazil. Uh, turn four levels of Max Verstappen running somebody off the track, right. and under, I'm sorry, understeering off the track. I'm sorry, uh, but it was, it was, it was fully off, and no further investigation on that. But yeah, he's like, I've got seven of these. I can do this all day. <laughs> oh dear! But there was them. Them two were heated this weekend. Yeah, I don't necessarily I, I, think Lewis was. Um, I think George is just like like last weekend. Max came into this possessed. As usual, I guess. And George is like, I absolutely bozoed it last week and I need to make up for this and I'll show them. I'll show them. And yeah. he's got a fighter spirit, fighter spirit. Yeah. And I think perhaps maybe FOM played up a bit to this by uh, selectively broadcasting a few radio messages where they, they would never do George that. was like, Oh, I played the team game. Now you can get Lewis to give me DRS. And then what did they, they got? Um, Lewis and George to invert, but then Carlos, I think it was instantaneously goes past George, and then Lewis was just like, Well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah. oh, God. well, we've got another one. Uh, Autosport posted something this morning about the uh, longest pit stops ever. Yeah, who took who successfully took the second place? Perez for 43 minute pit stop before he unretires the car. What? The absolute fuck was this about? I was I I I didn't know this was a thing. I as soon as I saw Perez getting back into the car in the pit lane in in the garage, I was like, "Hey, they can't do this, surely?" But no, apparently it's a rule that has been in place since 1950 and it's never been changed. Yeah. But the thing is, here's the differentiating thing. A lot of people, obviously people upset that Red Bull could unretire the car. There's no formal process for retiring a car. Like in Andres, one of our buddies in chat suggested in, in like other series, you know, once in an endurance race, you'll write something to the, to the 
officiating body to say we're retiring this car officially. There's nothing like that exists in Formula One as far as I'm aware. So there is a very big difference between asking the FIA for permission and clarifying your interpretation of the rules. Red Bull were like, yeah, uh, we're pretty sure we can re-enter this car, right? Or like go back out on the track and the FIA were like, yeah, there are no rules that prevent that. And like, good, we read the rule book. And they're like, yes, you did. And they're like, thank you. But, Content, continue doing your thing. But why? Why do they even do this? Right, so... Right. The reason they did this, we know now, or whatever, is because they wanted to... I think as soon as Perez got into the box and they wheeled him back into the garage, it was either very soon after or before he got pinged with the five-second penalty. And they were like, oh, shit, we had not served it, so we're going to take it as a grid drop for next yeah, race. Not necessarily. The, the, the stewards, it's at their discretion whether or not to apply a time penalty at the next race. Uh I think, I think the, the stewards would have thrown the book at him. You dive bomb Magnuson off the track, but like you could have also Magnuson's not scoring any points. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! All, all, all twelve Haas fans have now tuned out. I like um, Haas, but I like Haas. I, I like Magnuson. I like Hulkenberg. I know I'm going to massively contradict everything we've talked about, but I believe FIA, if they do follow their consistency, I think five seconds when it gets carried over translates to a free place grid drop. Yeah. Yeah. So it's they send Checo out. He's like what, sixteen laps down or something ridiculous? He sits in the car yeah. for ages and we find out that's because uh Jonathan Wheatley, God bless him, if listen, if I'm ever in court, I want him to be my lawyer. Yeah, send it. Um he's he's talking to the FIA basically saying, Look, we're going to send the car back out for the sole purpose of serving the penalty. Can we do that? So obviously they got permission. They send the car out. He does. I'm sure at first. I'm sure at first they're like, "You can't do that." And he's like, "Well, we've here, looked, here we, everybody says, at the factories look through the rules. I don't see anything. They don't see anything. So unless you can find something, yeah, he's gone back out, mate. Yeah, so he goes back out. Uh, he serves his penalty, and then they come back in and retire the car. Right. So why? Why have they gone and put extra uh, mileage on the car? Why have they done all this? for the sake of a free-place grid drop. The only logical thing that I can think about is that they don't think Perez is going to finish P2 in the championship, and they need to do everything they can to not get him any grid-place drops or anything like that. That is the only logical conclusion that I can come up with of why yeah. they would do that. I would put it to you the other way. They're absolutely pushing on all fronts. They're not leaving anything on the table if your driver has something to gain. Max has won the Max has got World Drivers Championship. Oh, no, he will do soon. They've got constructors. They they want to maximize the results. There's no point. Like there's if you're gonna go racing, there's no point in leaving stuff on the table. If you could do it, why would you not? Is my take on that. I would do it every day. I wouldn't. I I don't I see the point. I'd take the grid drop. You're putting I mean, extra you, mileage on your car. What if he goes out and I don't know, somebody Ram, let's say, I don't know, was Sergeant still in the race at that point? I'm not going to pick on him. <laughs> it's unfair to pick on Sergeant. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. But I'm I, saying, I, I, oh, if someone just rammed into the back of Perez on one of those laps, he did, and that's it. You've just knocked out a PU. You've knocked out a gearbox. It's, I'd, I would take the risk because I, I think the probability the of it was so place, low. For the sake of a free place grid drop, you'd put extra mileage on the car. Yeah, because if that means Perez gains or loses a position in the Drivers' Championship... I would do it. Nobody gives a shit about the driver's championship except for P1, but he probably does. His contract in terms of performance clauses probably does. Uh, 
if there are any like all drivers have performance clauses in their contract that go cover them and the team yeah, maybe that, not that's rookies. usually though if if you've not if the car's not competitive you're allowed to leave yeah not we're going to do everything we can to make sure you finish p2 by completely <laughs> completely abusing the fuck out of one of the rules to unretire you for a five second penalty i don't I know. still don't I don't even think it's rules abuse. It's like literally. I don't think it's rules abuse. I think it's incredible uh, interpretation yeah. of the rules, and I'm all it's for a, that. Yeah, I I think I would do it all day. I would uh I would if I could remove the chance. Not that they weren't sure he was even going to be applied. But if I could remove the chance that a driver could have a three grid place penalty for the next event, there's no reason I would never not do that. Mm-hmm. I would do it all day. Fair enough. Even if it was like fucking Rainbow Road and you had to send him out with a wonky car to stay on Rainbow Road and not get yeeted into the abyss. Mm. My, uh, my conspiracy, not conspiracy theory hat, but my, my hat, whatever you want to call it, is that uh, I think the team have got no faith in Checo being able to finish P2 in the standings. Oof. And if you don't finish P2 in the standings in the RB19, it's not a good look, is it? I mean... But I think the look is already established. You know, it's not been, he's, he's had a really tough season. Um, went, went from neck and neck in the drivers first couple races to on the struggle bus in terms of results, performances, qualifying, everything, man. Hmm. Here's an interesting thing someone in chat has mentioned, and I remember seeing it on Twitter. If Checo, when he was unretired um, and was out there and then there was a, a red flag or a safety car, would he be allowed to unlap himself 16 times? That's a really good question. I do not know. Hmm. I think I think it's, it would be one. You could do maybe one. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I'm not even going to make. I. You know what? I don't even want to know about Formula One rules. I'll let somebody. I'll let. I'll just ask Jonathan because he apparently knows all of them. True. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, so, that was a little bit of a disjointed race, and I'll give you guys a couple of highlights from my my race report. It's like literal literal bullet points. Uh, McLaren. Let's go through the results. McLaren double podium, two and three. Uh, Piastri looked on the struggle bus the entire race. He was noticeably slower than um, Norris in the first stint. And then on the hard, in the second and third stint, his pace was not not excellent whatsoever. Um, but honestly, a pretty good race for them. Nothing really crazy at all, other than Norris losing 10 seconds behind the VSC to Checo. Oops. Sorry, mate. Um, Mercedes, let's talk about Russell. Mercedes was on, but they, it looks like they were plan A, plan A was medium, hard, hard to stop. Yep. And Russell, once he gets up next to Lewis, he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to go long. The reason Russell wants to do that is he knows for a fact he's not beating Russell or he's not beating Hamilton on the same strategy. Hamilton is similar pace to him on the first stint. They were more or less following each other. They were fairly well matched in pace this weekend in the race. However, Russell's like, you know, what? I want to do something different. We'll try it and maybe it'll pay off. He says, I'm going to go long on my medium. You know, if he got if he got another safety car around his pit window when he could do 30, 35 laps on the hard. Great. He wins out over Lewis. Otherwise, he doesn't. Ultimately, uh, he didn't. I liked this, though. I liked the split strategy. And I think it's something they should have tried in Singapore. Mm. I wonder if this I, was a lesson learned from Singapore where they decided to double stop them both in Singapore. And I was like, mm, 
Did you really need to do it to both cars? But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I like this think, decision. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that too. And it's, it's interesting because George was like, I'd like to once, I'd like to stay out. And they were like, and he, you know, they had the conversation, is it viable or not? And numerically, yes, it was viable. But as soon as he got under pressure from Hamilton, he burned up rear tires at the end of the race. Um, if he had had a little bit more pace in hand once he was clear of Hamilton, this would have worked a little bit better because as he would have had more advantage. But I mean, Hamilton, what, finished just above 10 seconds ahead of him? It's, it's not crazy to think if Lewis had maybe out-qualified Hamilton, he would have been in slightly better position to go long, but then he would have been doing the prime strategy. And as we look further at Ferrari's strategy, whoever stops first, usually uh, you get a little bit of a hand there, I think. So um, now the strategy at the end of the race, <laughs> science is, they're using my trick on me, referring to the Singapore DRS where science towed Norris along to keep out of, uh, out of uh, the clutches of the Mercedes. Um, I think letting Hamilton through was the best choice, but I think also Hamilton defending to signs could have worked because Russell's tires were completely shot in traction and he had no drive out of the final chicane. And that's, you know, as soon as signs pulls up to him, it's done. He's going straight past him. As soon as that happened, I think that Hamilton could have defended that better because Hamilton had enough grip to back signs up in the chicane and drive out of the chicane and pull a gap so that he wasn't as vulnerable. But let's talk about the the options. Mercedes finished 5-7. They get outscored by Ferrari by four points. Now, let's say that Hamilton tries to, to hold up and then he overtakes Russell at the end and they, you know, they get an advantage over signs. Um, that would have been a small advantage. But if that goes wrong and they go both get overtaken by signs, they get outscored by eight points. And they are racing Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. I just don't feel like it was a risk. It's like, you know what, Russell, you made your bet on the one stop. It didn't work out. You didn't have enough pace to make it viable. Hamilton is fast. Signs will not get him. Get Hamilton through. Get it done. That was my take on it. Uh, yeah, I think Signs is just going to go past the Eve way. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, George George made his bet. I think it was a, it was a good drive. I think it was a good drive by Russell, but Hamilton on the two stop was a better strategy. Just yeah, I liked they tried it though. Yeah, it was it was good to see because it gave us something interesting to look forward to. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And despite Max fucking off in the distance by uh, twenty seconds, mm. uh, we got to we got some interesting variety. And I think the the Ferrari is another interesting one. Just they before were the... we get into that, though, Ooh. sorry, I'm just going to say... No, 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 let's go. One thing spoiled this race for me, and it's related to this and Ferrari, and I think McLaren as well, and that was the amount of team orders we heard of people swapping positions and like, swapping cars around. If you're quicker, overtake them. Yeah. Well, well Russell tried. He just got... Well, yeah. He got shadow rounds. Yeah. But, yeah. I get it. I, I'm with it as well, but at the same time... Going back to my, my other hat, you know, like maximizing results. Well, there's basically it's just constructors points and money to play for right now. Yeah. But look, and how, look how great it was in Monza mm. when the two Ferraris were basically told, we're not ordering you. You two have just got to settle this yourselves. Uh, fuck, that pissed me off. I was like, you know what, Ferrari? Loved it. Uh, yeah. I, like it, I enjoyed it. 
but it was it was fucked up to enjoy it because it was me enjoying them fucking themselves over which is not a positive character trait that i like to embrace you and i have worked in this sport long enough now where we're quite sadistic about it all right and we can be we can admit that with this podcast (laughs) is our therapy session we've already discussed that we can admit it blake just admit we like it when teammates argue with each other we We like it. it when teams have fights on the track we, we love, love it the drama yeah very very slutty drama oh my god oh my god ah oh, but someone in the chat's look. just saying talking about team orders do you remember baku 2018 yeah rear end max Verstappen. no wait, we don't what? talk about that race oh my god but um Let's let's talk about Ferrari because it's another. They had a, they had an interesting race. They were the third fastest team on the track. It was Verstappen as the fastest constructor. Um, it was then McLaren and then Ferrari. Signs and Leclerc had very similar similar pace, and they did not spend too much time this weekend burning each other's tires up. Uh, Leclerc pits ahead of Hamilton somewhere. What is that? Is that around the safety car? It must be. I'm sorry, it's uh, around lap 20. This this graph is throwing me off this week. So Leclerc pits ahead of Hamilton. It sounds like, if I've interpreted this correctly, it sounds like they know that Hamilton intended to box that lap, so they covered. Signs um, stays out a couple more laps, which does not do him any favors whatsoever. Oh, this is their second stop. Sorry, this is lap 30, uh, 34, 35. So Signs. Signs stays out and basically if he had stopped the next lap he might have come out just ahead of Hamilton but he's like has Hamilton overcut uh, overcut us or undercut us and they're like yeah and he's like I'll just stay out and it's like why it doesn't make that does that call doesn't make any sense to me like maybe he's like I'll get free air and let them burn up their tires but it's like I, Ferrari probably didn't have time to stack once they knew that Hamilton was boxing but if they had boxed signs one lap later, I think signs could have overtaken Hamilton. Hamilton's top speed without DRS was not great. I think he could have done it. Yeah, but they I mean, left, they just he just like like leave me out. You look Fuck at it. the you look at the lap times and that of um, signs later in the race, and with that extra few laps tire advantage, it doesn't actually translate to any sort of real time gained later in the race. So no, it doesn't at all because he's stuck behind Hamilton. Yeah, I think he's a like you say, he's a bit of a gamble. Just didn't really work. Yeah, but um, interesting race. What do we have? Five DNFs. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, do you want me to run down the DNFs because I can do that for you? What we got what do we got? Uh, we had uh, Valtteri. Oh. Yeah, Valtteri. He had a bit of an incident, didn't he, at the start? Uh, yeah, he did. Checo sort of. I screwed him. Unretired, unretired, retired. Um, Lance Stroll. Uh, oh, he had a yes. Lance Stroll retired. I don't know if you saw this. The rear wing collapsed. Yeah. Oh, that was a little bit of a talking point. And they they were actually talking to Fernando on the radio, like, "Hey, Fernando, I know we threw you to the wolves, but can you uh, watch out for curbs because we've yeah. got some concerns over the rear wing pylons." Yeah. Uh, Logan retired after smashing into. Uh, was it Magnuson he smashed into? I assume, or was it what? No. Oh, fuck, I've forgotten now. Yeah. Sergeant, no, Sergeant did a hellfire drone strike on Bottas, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Alvin, he retired, I'm guessing, from damage from his um, kickflip at the start of the race. So, yeah. 
tough, tough race for weekend. Uh, tough race for Williams with their double DNF. Yep, that's that sucks to see, man. I remember a couple double DNFs, especially like was it Malaysia 2013 with the rest of Sotel? I was just like, is this what sadness is like? And they're like, yeah, get used to it, kid. And I was like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, VJ's not going to pay you this week. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, oh. but yeah that's that's the uh, race but we, we don't go anywhere yet because we've got a little segment we like to call fraud watch. fraud watch we've got fraud watch this is where we take our opportunity every week to put somebody uh on blast yeah, we do. But because we missed the Singapore episode, I'm going to suggest a change. I'm going to make a change and I'm going to see if the uh, the people's FIA is going to ratify it. Would okay. you like to do a fraud watch that is accumulated from both weekends? One Ooh. fraud watch for both weekends. I that, think that's my we've... offer on the table for you. I think we've got to do two. Do quick, quick two. All right, quick well, fire. Fuck it. Right. Perez can be my fraud for both races. <laughs> All right. Perez for Singapore and Perez for Japan for Dan. Ouch. Uh, I am going to put the FIA on Fraud Watch for Singapore for their shocking uh, officiating. And um, who am I putting on Fraud Watch for Japan? That's a tough one, honestly. Hmm. What about um, what about Gasly? Uh, for his uh, extremely angry reaction to letting Ocon past at the end. Nah, nah, fuck that. Alpine can suck a fart, man. All right, Alpine I, then. I'm going Perez on Japan. Oh, we're that doubling was just a, up on Perez. Yeah, it's, he's got three strikes now. It's been a tough weekend for him. He's got he's on four now. Damn it, he's he's in the bad books. Um, suck on an egg. What about? Oh, you, 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 who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. Who's your engine mode good boy? Which is where we take a moment to appreciate somebody that's done somebody or something or somehow has done something outstanding. Um, Singapore. Go ahead. Piastri. Oh, love that. Okay. What, what's, what's the merit for uh, Singapore? Just in general? Yeah. Great performance? Yeah, a bit of a geezer. Bit of a geezer. Yeah. Actually, I'm being very fair, right? Because we're doing two for good boy. So, Piastri can have Singapore, and then I'm going to give. Oh, actually, no. Maybe I might swap this around. Actually, I might give Lawson Singapore. Go on, lad. Okay. And then I'm going to give Piastri Japan. Okay. I am going to nominate. I, I, you know, I've given a lot of flack to signs, like and just piss takes, but signs, awesome. Singapore, yeah, yeah, can't signs can't deny awesome. that. Awesome, it's on purpose. Best radio message ever in the last couple of races. Uh, Japan, I'm gonna go with. I would, I wanted to, I'd you know, give it to Max, but that's fucking boring. I think Norris, Norris, really, really shining a lot in that McLaren, and honestly, uh, Norris Piastri, both of them flawless. Honestly, very good. Very strong. I'm a little bit disappointed in Piastri's pace in Japan, but nobody said what was up. But nobody really talked about it. He was, you know, the, 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 if if he had if the 
gap at the front had been tighter. People have been wondering and talking about why was he so slow, but he was like a second off in the hard stints compared to Landon, which is a lot of lap time. Is there any indication that it may have been different levels of downforce? I don't think so. I didn't, not in qualifying. Didn't look like it at all. It could have been, it could have been something super subtle that was like, oh, is it wind or is it not? But, uh, yeah. Oh, Russell on Fraud Watch for Singapore. Yeah, probably. I've got FIA. Yeah, but that's a good one. Yeah. But um, I, since, since next week's we're going to go into, since next week, we're going to go into a, a little preview episode, maybe get our boy Spanners on. Why don't we go through a couple user questions? Yeah, so I, I put this section in here because normally we do like a random fandom where we randomly select our teams, but... We'll course, do that next week. Because we've been crap with our recording schedule recently, we didn't have any random fandoms. But good news, we got some questions from you, the users. Right. Big this users. first one is for you because I would not know how to answer this. So, okay. uh, Frederick on Twitter, could you talk about track evolution? What happens during Q1 that makes such a difference in lap time from the first run to the last? And then I think this is in reference to Singapore. Right. So, talk to in- me, Goose. In reference to Singapore, there's two things you have going on, which is the same as with most circuits and as I, like big nervy circuits is the track is improving as you rubber the track down and Pirellis don't tend to lay as much rubber as they do tend to clean the racing line or get rid of whatever rubber was on in the previous session. So as you circulate more, you put clean and or rubber up the racing line. Um, but also there's a huge factor, especially in street circuits of drivers building up. And it's really difficult to tell how much of the lap time is coming from driver confidence or the tires. So th- there's there's two things there. And like, even in Japan, we had a pretty large evolution from start of Q1 to the end of Q3. It was about just over a second, I believe. Um, but it was a little bit difficult to track because you had people on you know used tires in Q2. Like, oh, is the tra- track improving a lot or not? I'm not sure. Um, people with very variable laps. So track improvement is the track cleaning up, rubbering up, and then there's always driver improvement through qualifying. Because usually qualifying is, you know, you're throwing three, four new sets of softs at it in a row. You're going to find lap time. And if you're not, you're a bozo. All right. There you go. Everyone on the grid is a bozo. Yeah. So uh, next question. I don't know if you've looked at this. I haven't actually looked at that much because I, can't really no, compare. No. I would say so. MLG Sports asks, "How is Liam and data's? How is Liam and Daniel's data compared to Yuki's?" Um, we don't really had much of a sample size for Daniel, have we? Really? I, I think basically for now, just take a look at qualifying pace offsets, and always, and always, and always, and everything. There's circumstance and nuance and context for everything. But I would say if the qualifying pace is looking good. We can't really see that much. I haven't really spent much time looking at Liam's driving style because you can infer a little bit of that, but I haven't done that yet. And maybe that's something I should do uh, once Daniel comes back. But mm. he's doing an awesome job. And I, Yuki, don't don't sleep on him. He's good. And he also asked, what's the best beginner trigger? Uh, I've, I've got the Ironwood 650, uh, and it's spectacular. I think the Super Smoke feature, which is on the Ironwood series and not on the limb below that, is... Uh, is nice. The briskets and beef ribs and pork ribs and chickens that I've done, everything has been awesome. It's easy. Traeger, get in touch. I, I put a tweet out about Traeger and Austin. I'm like, come on. Yeah, if you're not nice. if you're not doing an activation around Formula One about barbecue in Austin, you're missing out. Let's work. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have a Traeger 
I've never had a Traeger. I've never used one. I'm very sorry. I cannot mm. answer this question. I've got, I've got a question for you then. John asks, could single car qualifying be the solution to the impeding problem? Problem. Could single car qualifying be the solution to impeding and qualifying? What do you think? Yeah, I think this stems from what Alonzo said, didn't he? He was like, bring back yeah. one shot qualifying or something. Sign um, me up for it, man. You definitely don't have a traffic problem, but like that's that's clear. But compare contrast. Yeah, I, I did actually. I did think about this question earlier as I was doing the notes. So I'm not opposed to the idea, but I think they should bring it in for sprint qualifying because that's the whole point of sprint, isn't it? Like do something different, mate. Yeah, and it? I, it'd have to be a random draw in who goes out first. I think. Yep. FE and other series have different ways of doing it. It's group A, group B based on constructors, championship positions, something else. Uh, yeah, do, do something something different, but the shorter qualifying sessions is not good enough. It's just like, it's the same shit. You've got a weekend, which it's literally just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat of like light versions of the main event. Mm. Does nothing for me. Yeah, and some people in the chat are like, "Oh, what if it rains? What about track evolution?" That's what I'm saying. I think Chaos. to make it, yeah, yeah, to make it fair, you have to have a random draw. Ooh, like, but uh, you can't just always say, "Okay, whoever's leading the championship goes first. I think you do what twenty numbers in a hat or whatever, and then just go right. Each driver gets a number. That's your order. And Michael Massey gets to pick the numbers out of the hat, though. Yeah, sure. Bring him back, <laughs> but. I think, I think honestly, I think your point is also, if you want to do this, start doing it now at the sprint weekends, because if it is wacky and, you know, has some weird effects that people don't like, it's for sprint points. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't like the sprints anyway, but this would liven it up for me. Yeah. Um, a few Twitter users have asked us the question, would you get rid of Checo mid-season, or would Red Bull get rid of Checo mid-season 24 if performance isn't there? And who would they replace him with? So uh, the answer is yes, but, but uh, I believe, and I'm pretty sure this is reported on, that uh, Checo has specifically got a clause in his contract that says you are not allowed to demote me to Alpha Tauri. Ah, you reckon that's a thing? I'm pretty sure that was reported on as being a thing. Ooh. Okay. Any other situation, yes, this is Red Bull. They would absolutely fucking drop you. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they can't necessarily drop him. They'd have to, I, like, I don't know, move him to the reserve role. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't, like, I, I guarantee you most drivers are going to have performance clauses in their contract that go both ways. If the car's shit, I can get out of this. And the team will be like, you know what? If 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 you're shit at midseason, we can drop you. Yeah, if any team is going to drop anyone midseason, it's Red Bull. Yeah, it's not. They've never done it before. Yeah, not like so, they've got history on this. Yeah, exactly. They got priors. Uh, who'd you replace them with? Oh, Jesus, man, this is this is a real tough one. I'm going to probably upset a few people here. How dare you? And I'm going to say not Daniel. I, I don't... Uh, I don't know. I, I would rather... Oh, or do I? <sighs> Daniel's got the experience. I think if you put Lawson in it, you've got the trouble... You've got the possibility of doing what they did with Gasly and Alvin, and that's just 
giving them too much responsibility too soon and wrecking them. Yeah. I would honestly, I, I love Daniel the pieces. I think he's awesome. And I do not think, I, I think that McLaren car did not suit him at all. I do not think Daniel is even remotely close to wash, but honestly, if you put Liam in there and he knew that he's not going to rock up there and destroy Max Verstappen, don't, don't even start with that, that thought off the bat. I think he could perform. Give him, give him guaranteed a year, set some reasonable expectations of him. Or, or just straight up drop Daniel in there, give Liam... <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know, man. Sorry, someone, I, someone I, in the chat saying, say, say Lewis, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick Lewis Howard in there alongside Max. Come on. That would not be a happy family. I'll tell you that way, Scar. Yeah, Netflix would love it, though. Yeah, but like to be fair, Ricardo and Albon, in hindsight, were never that far off of Max. No, I, I just think they were more error-prone. Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah. Uh, now I've had time to think about it. I think I would put Daniel in there. I'd go Liam. Would you? Oh, I just think it'd be too soon next year for Liam to go straight up into the Red Bull. Ah, fuck it. Red Bull. All right. Fine. Burn him out. Fuck it. Yeah, we're going to just... Listen, we're old men. We don't care if we destroy young drivers' careers. Fuck it. They've got, yeah. loads, of, they've got loads of other things to fall back on. Nick DeFries has gone yeah. back to business school or something. So's Latifi. What does it yeah, matter? Uh, we, got, we got our buddy Ahmed with the super chat. If you were given a team to run in WEC, MotoGP, Rally, or Formula 1, which one would you choose? Uh, WEC. I would never run a racing team ever because you've got to be a special kind of psycho to run a racing team. No disrespect. I just don't have it. I don't have that dog in me. Yeah, I, I'm picking WEC because... Deep down underneath this cold, hard exterior, I am secretly a massive Weck fanboy. Mm, I wish I had more time to watch Weck. Like after I watch a Formula One race and qualifying in practice, do the analysis on practice qualifying in the race. I just want to think about barbecue. Well, this is why you go to watch uh, Weck races, right? Because they're like six hours long. You can have a few beers. You can fire up the barbecue in the campsite, mate. This is oh, what I'm talking mate. about. Uh, yeah, next year. Lamar, it's happening. Boom. Um, dude, real quick, last last one. Uh, bonus Brothers says, which North American race would you recommend attending for one's first F1 race? Montreal and Austin are spectacular. Done. Uh, yeah, Vegas is going to be too stupid expensive. Uh, Miami, too expensive. And I'm not sold on that event yet. So, yeah. But anyway... What hey, are we saying? I'm sorry. I need to give this out, shout this one out because this is brilliant. Someone in the chat has gone back in regards to our Red Bull. Who do we stick in the Red Bull? Uh, and they said Felipe Massa to give him a chance to win a championship instead of going through the courts. <laughs> I love that well one. Well done, Nation. Well done. Big I love that nation. comment. All right. Let, let's, 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 let's keep it real. Um, I'm going to support my uh, local butcher. Uh, next yeah. week, probably get some pork ribs back on uh, on the Traeger. I'm looking forward to Traeger reaching out to me on my email at break at gmail.com to talk about what we can do in Austin. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you guys for the, the episode. We'll be back hopefully next week. And we'll try to get our buddy Spanners on and have a little chit chat before uh, we go to Qatar. Yeah. 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 Apologies that our schedule has been so scuffed recently. Um, that's, we'll figure it out. Yeah. It's partially my fault. 
Uh, actually, I like Blake. I like him quite a lot. So I'm willing to take this one fully, the full blame. I <laughs> I stressed him out so much. I caused him to have to go on a holiday. And then when he was on holiday, I said, where's the files that I definitely <laughs> should have, but don't have? Oh, it happens. It happens. But oh, listen, hell. listen, you guys, you guys be kind to each other. Uh, be kind on Twitter. I think wounds are healing. Everybody's happier. We're being objective. We're having discussions. The FIA are making this a farce. Please stop fucking it up, FIA. And uh, it's okay because yeah. we're taking it over now. The people's FIA. Yeah. That's us. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All right, you guys, be good. Um, do all the do all the stuff, and fuck off. <laughs>